I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and now it's that time for the Jack Riccardi Show. Hey, here we are. Happy Monday. Um, what did you think of the game? You know, it was about what I expected, Jack. I mean, yeah. there were some wrinkles yeah. in there. Um, I was yeah. pretty concerned. Admittedly, I didn't get to see all of the third quarter. I had you know, some things on a Sunday night. It's busy with kids and everything. Um, I was really concerned when Patrick Mahomes looked like he had been hurt. That, that yeah. ankle again. Going into halftime, yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, gosh, these, man, these Eagles may get another break. But I'll yeah. tell you what, last night was, I mean, if anybody had any, you know, you and I have talked about this, Cooper as well. Um, is Joe Burrow at the same level as Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Josh Allen? There's a lot of good quarterbacks over in the AFC, mm-hmm. but I think last night Patrick Mahomes proved again he is the T Rex. He's in a class by himself. Yep, he is. I saw an amazing statistic. In the second half, on one leg, his QBR was 99.7. <laughs> right, right. And you know I what? Mean, it, it, you know, that, that's, that's insane. I want to point out one other thing that nobody's talking about this. Woke up this morning, long drive in for me. I'm listening to you know ESPN and San Antonio Sports. Everybody talking about, well, you know, Jalen Hurts should have been the MVP and blah, 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 blah. But how about the halftime adjustments on the part mm-hmm. of Andy Reid? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we said on Friday, you know, if it came down to coaching, yep. huge advantage for Reid. He's an encyclopedia set of coaching. That's and right. Nick Sirianni is a good guy and a good coach, but he's right. not he's not there. Um, I will say about Jalen Hurts, I was saying this to Don Cooper, I, I've never seen um, a quarterback play that well in a losing effort in a, in a Super Bowl. I mean, if you just looked at it on paper – you would think, well, his team must have won. I yeah, mean, yeah. The, the, I mean, four and he, touchdowns. He really, and, yeah. other than the fumble, he he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't lose that game. I mean, he he did everything they needed him to do. The the Eagles' defense might have lost the game, but but he didn't lose the game. Well, Jack, what did I say Friday? If Dak you, Prescott you did yeah. hung forty points on that defense, mm-hmm. what do you think mm-hmm. Mahomes is going to do? And mm-hmm. he he had no fear. Of the Eagles defense. There you go. So we'll be talking more about the game and many other things coming up. We'll let that man get back to his news duties. Welcome to our dreadful little show, by the way. I hope you had a good weekend, whether it involved the Super Bowl or not. Uh, whatever you did, I hope it was great and you're all charged up. And I hope Monday wasn't too Monday for you. And um, I will say, by the way, about the about last night. Um, I also got to give kudos to Fox. I thought that coverage was spot on. Um, I think the 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 first of all, uh, Burkhardt is the is the is the new Cadillac brand of of play by play in football, in my opinion. But the whole packaging of the game, having the children's choir with the Johnny Cash song, and um, what can you say about Chris Stapleton's? Did you hear Chris Stapleton's national anthem? If you didn't, here's a little piece of it. Who's brought and bright stars through the perilous fight. Oh, the ramparts we walk were so gallantly We'll play more of that coming up, but he, um, if you don't know, he's a country music artist and he's. He's a very low key guy. It was just him and his guitar, and it was—I don't know—it just had a lot of soul and uh, emotion to it. 
And I know people have said it's a very it's a it's a big trending topic today. A lot of people are comparing it to the Whitney Houston rendition of the national anthem in 1991, and, and that was the one that most people consider sort of the the standard by which they're all measured. But uh, in 1991, we were in the we were in the uh, the Gulf War, and this was a different country. I'm I'm sorry to say that, but it was, and her performance reflected the gusto and the confidence of that era and the Chris Stapleton anthem I thought reflected where we are right now um it was serious uh and it it just it matched the moment it it made me very I I get emotional whenever I hear the national anthem I'll admit it I mean I get kind of goosebumps and well up and um this was a really powerful one I thought um and and good good for him and just I, I just think the the start was great, and then I think the game was. Uh, if you if you watched it, if you are a football fan, it was certainly a great contest. Um, before the game, and there was a lot of publicity about this last week, they they announced that the flyover crew for the uh, you know the, the 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 military flyover would be an all uh, women crew. All of the women of all the planes were pilots. Uh, excuse me, were women. All the women were women. I sound like Joe Biden. Um, all the pilots were women. And that, I guess that's never happened before. And they made a point of, of stressing it and emphasizing it. And um, I'm, not here to, I'm not here to bash it. I, I have a daughter. I'm all for anything that inspires young girls. Um, and I'm assuming because this is the military that, that these pilots are completely qualified to do what they're doing. Well, then I saw a headline from the New York Times, the end of the all-male, all-white cockpit. It's about commercial travel, it's about commercial aviation. The end of the all-male, all-white cockpit. The subheadline is, airlines are struggling to find enough pilots and to diversify a profession that's been very resistant to change. By the way, I wonder if we can still call it a cockpit. I, the the headline though is one thing. The subheadline is the real story. If you're ending the all male all white cockpit, but then you say you're struggling to find enough pilots, that sounds like struggling. Sounds like you're going to have to lower standards or change the qualifications for getting in. It 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 sounds like getting to your gender and racial targets is not going to be easy or not going to involve the same standards. See, whenever you hear an institution or an organization or a company, quote-unquote, struggling with diversity, what that tells me is not that they are struggling with their thinking or their rethinking it. The struggling is the lifting up and the resetting of the goalposts. Now, we've talked on this show extensively about the airline industry and what's happening. They're in a self-made crisis. Uh, they are uh, paying lower salaries, the stress level is higher, they had pandemic attrition of flight crews. Uh, right now, the primary reason for flight delays and cancellations is crew shortages, not weather. That's never been the case before, at least not any time recently. So they have put themselves in a hole coming out of the pandemic and at a time when they need to clearly, empirically, get more people 
into their industry, they're going to make it harder by de-emphasizing or discouraging white or male uh, candidates for the jobs. And, um, you know, obviously, if you took a photo of the people on the, in the back of the plane, they, they want the best pilots, you know. I mean, for, for decades, the pilots were, were generally people coming out of the military. They had a lot of flight hours. They were uh, highly uh, qualified. They'd been maybe already through some emergency situations. They, they inspired confidence. You know, if, you're, if your pilot on your 737 or your 727 had flown a fighter uh, or had refueled, a, 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 you know, an intercontinental bomber in midair, you, you were pretty sure he could get you to Orlando. But if, if we're going to be honest, this whole ending the all-male, all-white, this whole celebrating firsts, is not about excellence. It's not really about diversity. It's not really about celebrating women. I'll tell you right now, when I see all these stories about the all-women pilots over the Super Bowl game, I think who's being celebrated are the people that do it. The decision makers are like stroking and preening themselves. They're celebrating themselves. It's frankly boring to keep hearing about glass ceilings and firsts. You could say, well, you're, you're saying that because you're a white guy, but I'm the audience for this. You're, you're, I'm the one you're supposed to be impressing with it, and I'm not. I'm not impressed. If you can get to diversity by hiring the best people, if you can get diversity by removing any obstacles that may somehow be in the way of qualified candidates, I'm in favor of it. I like to see people do well. I like to see people advance. I'm all for it. But I think too much of this talk about firsts is a celebration of guilty, white, liberal people who want to feel better about themselves, who want to look better to others, and I'm tired of it. It's boring. Firsts, 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 first this, first that. It's just, it's losing its sting. Tell me what you think. 210-599-5555. All right, so it's been quite a weekend for balloons or UFOs or whatever the hell this is. Uh, in the week since... We shot down the suspected Chinese spy balloon off the coast of South Carolina. There have been at least three other things blasted out of the sky. There have been temporary air traffic restrictions in parts of the country. Um, We had an F-16 shoot down a UFO over Lake Huron yesterday. The object was detected. Its altitude was about 20,000 feet. That makes it much lower than the Chinese spy balloon. They were worried about civilian aviation. Uh, They don't know what it was, though. The commander of NORAD was asked yesterday, uh, are, are these aliens? Are these a foreign power? And he said, I'll leave that to the intelligence community. I haven't ruled anything in or out at this point. We are shooting things down. And we don't know what they are. I didn't serve in the military, full disclosure, but I've listened to a lot of people who, who have. One of the things they tell you is, you need to know what you're shooting at. And at the moment, it sounds like we don't. 
Or we do, but for whatever reason, we're telling the people we don't. Not all of these things are apparently balloons. Chuck Schumer did an interview with ABC where he says he was told by the White House Security Council that not all of these things are balloons. Uh, and a Pentagon spokesman uh, said on Saturday that the one shot down over Alaska was about the size of a small car and not similar in size or shape to the surveillance balloon that was shot down off the Carolinas. I mean, this whole thing is a very weird story, right? And it's weird in a number of different ways. It's weird... If Team Biden doesn't know what's going on, it's weird if our military doesn't know. It's weird if one or both of those do know but are not saying. I was even thinking over the weekend, if I was China, I would try to entrap the United States into shooting down a commercial or passenger aircraft and then reap the worldwide headlines of of shame and humiliation uh, the way the Soviets were shamed and humiliated in 1983 when they shot down a Korean jetliner. That is just like something the Chinese would like to do to us right now. So if this is them, I think they have every advantage right now, to be honest. If this isn't them, then I don't know what it is. What do you think? Super Bowl 57 ended last night. Cut number five. Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman of the Eagles. Here's Smith who got wide open, and then Hurts, a Super Bowl record, three rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. The two-point conversion is good, and we are tied. Mahomes, pressure, lofting one, end zone incomplete. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't catch up. There's a flag at the 10. Hang on, there's a penalty. Fire to the pass, holding, number 24, defense, five-yard penalty, automatic. Yeah, that's worst-case scenario. You'll see James Bradbury. They're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. Mike, listen, I think on this stage, I, I think you let him play. Obviously, Mahomes thought he saw it. I think, I don't know, I think you let him play, finish this thing out. For the lead, Butker up, got it! The Chiefs eight seconds away. Here we go. Hurts. As all day, now some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. All right, Kevin Burkhart with the call on Fox Sports. Uh, we're talking about that. We're talking about the um, the stuff in the skies, whatever, whatever and whoever. And uh, we're talking about firsts and diversity. And 210-599-5555. And Richard is on KTSA. Richard, good afternoon. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. I, uh, Richard, are you there? I can uh, I can hear you. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm here. Anyway, uh, I'm a retired airline pilot, and I've flown with people of all races from all over the world and many different women, and you treat everybody as they've got a good head on their shoulders, and everything always works so well, and I'm proud of all the people uh, that I've got to fly with without identifying them and separating them. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I could barely hear him. I, I think we might have had a bad connection, Richard. If you if you would like to try to call me back, we just we could barely hear you. Um, I gathered that you were going to talk about the diversity thing. You know, it's it's just obviously if they're telling if they're telegraphing to the prospective pool of employees or hires, we are the the end of white male 
uh, hiring is over. You know, the the end has come. Rather, um, you're discouraging a big part. I mean, let's let's not mince words. That's that's the biggest part of the pool of people. So you can say, well, we want more diversity. You can actually mean that. But you are saying it, they are saying it as if to say, we will, we will exclude, right? We will discourage so that we can get to that diversity as fast as possible. When they don't, you're either not going to have enough people, which is the current state of affairs, or you're going to lower the standards. I, I, I don't know anything about th- this industry, but I know from every other industry we've ever seen, the, the fastest path to getting to numbers that you have artificially determined are the right numbers to get to is to move the goalposts. And you can say, well, you're insulting people that are of color or women who are qualified. No, I'm not insulting them. The goalpost movers are insulting them. I'm all for you if you're qualified to do whatever it is you're going to do. The people that are disparaging you and discounting or devaluing your qualifications are the people that keep artificially, uh, you know, if you will, kind of cooking the books. And, and behind all of this, can, can I ask an honest question? And, and maybe you don't want to answer this on the radio, but a- answer it in the silence of your own heart. Isn't it getting a little trite? First this, first that. Every time you turn around, is it that exciting anymore? Because the purpose of announcing firsts and breaking barriers was to excite people. And I think it's losing its, its uh, oomph. Uh, joining the show now, the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line. He's here to review Rihanna's halftime show. Is Jed Babin, former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense in the Bush 41 administration. Not, not really. No, not really. I mean, he might. He might surprise us, throw us a curve, and have some insights into the playlist, but I, I doubt that. Jed, how are you? Well, I'm not about to talk about playlists. <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't know a playlist if it hit me up in the face. I want to understand, and it's probably too big a question to balance on just you, but I mean, d- does our government not know what these things are, or are they acting like they aren't sure for some strategic reason? Well, I don't think there's a strategic reason behind it. They are pretending that they don't know because they don't want to admit that they haven't done what they need to do about them. You know, the whole question of Chinese espionage by balloon over our global strike bases in the United States is just so bizarre that, you know, it's hard to really see how any president could not have, number one, identified the thing, number two, shot it down before it traversed the whole doggone country. And now we have a second and a third and a fourth one. You know, there's some idiot in the the Pentagon who's talking about, oh, well, it might be extraterrestrials. Really? Come on, man. I mean, balloons tend to be made in on Earth. Man-made balloons tend to be made by man. I mean, this is the kind of thing that it just shows the, the vacuity and, and stupidity of these people. And it's just not going to stop. It's going to get worse. I am going to be really disappointed if the extraterrestrials come here in balloons. I, I'm expecting way more technology than that. I mean, that's that's not what I that's not the future I had anticipated. But but these are all uh, seemingly different 
objects, right? So they're saying the the first one, the one shot down off the Carolinas, is nothing like the one that was shot down over Lake Huron or the one that was shot down before it got to Alaska. I mean, are these all... Are these all uh, basically for the same purpose? They're flying at different altitudes. What, why are the Chinese doing it this way, Jed? Well, I think, number one, because it's cheap, and number two, because we get, let them get away with it. Uh, you know, they are different shapes. they are different altitudes. Sure, that just shows how flexible the Chinese manufacture and, and investment in these whole things are. You know, you don't have, pardon me, <laughs> Uh, one, you don't have one type of balloon. You don't have one type of gondola or equipment, set of equipment hung beneath it. Mm. You know, they can do anything with balloons, almost anything. I mean, heck, the Chinese have tested in 2018, they tested hanging and launching uh, hypersonics from a balloon. You know, there could be an electromagnetic pulse weapon hung from a balloon at a certain height. You know, mm. balloons can go up really, really high. I mean, balloons, I think, can go up. So they could be testing us. In other words, it might be it might be sure. that they're trying different vehicles to see w- what will work, what we'll get away with, what we won't. Um, how do you believe that? How, how how are they reading these test results? Well, I'm sure they're getting a lot of intelligence from the first balloon. I think they're getting the impression that we're shooting down a lot of others almost willy-nilly. And, you know, frankly, we ought to be. Uh, you know, these things are not permitted in the United States airspace. It makes our airspace less safe, and God knows they're gathering intelligence and possibly threatening us with some sort of a weapon that could be hung from a balloon. So we're absolutely in our rights to shoot all these things down. Uh, but I, I think the administration must know where they're from. They are not telling us. President Biden needs to go on TV and say exactly what they were, exactly where they came from, and what we're doing to prevent it from now on. Yeah, I'm sure a speech from him would clear everything up. That would be, uh, (laughs) he has a knack for that. If they're spying on us from the sky, Jed, does that mean they are no longer able to get sufficient intel from Hunter Biden? Is that what that tells us? Well, that's probably it. But they've been spying on us for so many years and in so many ways. I mean, their cyber espionage is something that is occurring, I think, hundreds, if not thousands of times a day. They've got whole centers dedicated you know with hundreds and hundreds of people working to penetrate our commercial military and and intelligence computer systems i mean these guys are very very bent on uh, quite frankly finding out everything they need to before they attack taiwan and this is Is, what the preparation is is there a danger we're talking with jed babin who is a columnist and former deputy undersecretary of defense in the bush 41 administration on ktsa I, I was thinking about this when I was listening to the briefings about how, and again, you're, you're saying it, they're not being completely forthcoming with us, but they were sort of saying we're not exactly sure what these are. Uh, is there a danger of shooting down something you wouldn't want to shoot down? Is, isn't it a, a, a pretty standard protocol in the military that you you know what you're shooting at? Well, yeah, I mean, that's generally a good idea, even, you know, with a, a hunter or a a target shooter, you want to know what you're shooting at. But I think they do know, and I think they're just not fessing up to it. The problem is, you know, there are a lot of things we don't want to shoot down. I mean, hey, if it is E.T. up there, uh, I don't think I want to be shooting him down. I think I want to be talking to him. But this is, it's just the irresponsibility, the incompetence of the Biden administration writ large. And they just don't know how else to deal with things. They either 
appease or they shoot. And that's not a really good combination. I want to shift gears real quick and ask you about uh, Ukraine, which has been pushed out of the headlines by the balloons. Um, We we had uh, President Zelensky at the uh, British Parliament uh, talking about planes. Um, Where is this thing going? How do you think this thing is going to progress into its second year? Well, the Russians have said uh, and almost pinpointed the date uh, that they're going to make another major attack before the end of February. Uh, And they're talking about, I don't know, 100,000 more men or up to 500,000 more men. Uh, The Brits are being very good about sending weapons to Ukraine when they need them. They're sending Challenger tanks and a whole variety of other things. And now uh, the PM, Rishi Sunak, is talking about sending fighter planes over there. I don't know how fast they can get there. Uh, I don't know how fast the Ukrainians can be trained on them. What I anticipate happening is what the Russians are talking about. There's going to be another massive attack. They're going to attack on more than one axis. Uh, They'll probably go for Kiev uh, from the north. They'll probably push westward from the Donbass region at the same time. And it's going to be really a question of a a war of attrition. And, Mm. you know, how how the Ukrainians can remain and, and whether the Russians can outlast them. I think, frankly, the Russians can outlast them because they seem intent on doing what they're doing. And Putin is not going to stop. No way is he ever going to stop while he's alive. So there's no off-ramp that he wants to take or probably even could take. No. Um, Does that mean if we keep sending uh, technology and weaponry that eventually he'll get all that? Not necessarily. I think, you know, we've had some allies, uh, you know, give up stuff. Hell, we gave, I don't know, how many billions of dollars worth of equipment to the Taliban when we pulled out. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, and that, that could very well happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think, you know, we are not in Ukraine, thank goodness. I don't think we should be sending U.S. troops there. Uh, And I think that the Ukrainians have nowhere else to go. Uh, They're going to fight for their homeland as long as they can. And as long as one of those guys is willing to sit, stand up and pull the trigger, uh, it's going to keep going. But the Russians are probably going to outlast them. And if they keep throwing hundreds of thousands of troops in there, I think it was Joe Stalin who said something to the effect of quantity has its own quality. Mm-hmm. So you can you can eventually just wear people down by throwing more troops at them again and again and again. What's the biggest mistake the West or biggest regret the West should have right now? Well, I think the biggest regret we should have is that we have not sent the right kinds of weapons to Ukraine in time. I mean, when we ended up, it was, I think, frankly, February of last year, uh, right after the attack that Poland wanted to send 29 MiG-29s, or a dozen or so MiG-29s, to Ukraine. And the Ukrainian pilots you know, could just stand, step into the cockpit and fly those things. Is that what they've been flying for a long time? Uh, and Biden stopped them from sending it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Poles were prevented from sending those MiG-29s mm-hmm. because Biden didn't want them to do it. I think that's the biggest regret we should have. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Biden, you know, it's, it's the one good thing he has done in foreign policy is try to support Ukraine. But I don't know that he's doing it now in a way that can, well, it can well, help he, them. But everything he's doing is something he previously said he wouldn't do. So well, I question the timing. I mean, it, it seems like a, it seems like a year was wasted. If if now you're doing all this stuff, what difference would that have made in the beginning? Well, it might have made a considerable difference. I mean, the MiG 29s would have made an enormous difference, you know, to Russian uh, forces because the Russians. And this is one of the biggest surprises that I have 
had in this whole war. I thought within 24 or 48 hours, the Russians would establish air supremacy over Ukraine and be able to do whatever they wanted. But they didn't. And the Ukrainian air defenses are stalwart. You know, they've had enough aircraft to do a good bit of the fighting. Uh, and, you know, if we had given them a couple of dozen MiG-29s back in February of last year, this thing might be over. But right now, yeah. I just, I don't, I can't really forecast how this is going to end because I don't think it's going to, at least in this year. Jed Babin, always appreciate the time and look forward to talking again. Thanks, pal. On 550 and 1071 KTSA, Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show, 210-599-5555, talking a little Super Bowl, talking a few balloons, talking about firsts. Somebody said on Facebook, I'll bet they don't worry about diversity in the flight crew for Air Force One. I don't know anymore if I... I that, that, that would make sense to me. That logically makes sense. I don't know if that is still... True. They, maybe they do. They used to joke, right? The joke used to be uh, everybody's for diversity until they're having a heart operation or brain surgery. But there are people who, and you know what I'm talking about. You know the kind of people I'm talking about. There are people who I think are so convinced of their own guilt, their own um, guilty whiteness, I always think of that wham lyric, guilty feet have got no rhythm. Their feet are so guilty that, yes, they would probably say, no, I would be more comfortable with a diverse surgical team. Or (laughs) I I know that doesn't make any sense, but um, that's where we're at. And that's why I say I think the celebration of firsts is a self-celebrating act. I was going to say something not very nice. It is a kind of masturbatory activity when you're trumpeting and and proclaiming firsts and and pretending to be very enthusiastic about them you are saying i'm a good person look at what a good person i am but in fact the more we um shine a light on diversity and we proclaim all of these quotas and targets and hiring numbers and we're going to have 50% this and 40% that the more you do that the more you degrade and devalue people who are excellent but happen to be a woman or happen to be of color or whatever it is you're you're all you're doing is casting a shadow over people that are there because they're great and making people wonder if they're there because of the box that they check and it's just getting, it's just boring. You know, it was like we were talking about the other day, making, um, you know, deciding after the fact that Mark, uh, Mark Hamill's character, Luke Skywalker in the Star Wars series, that they've, they've, they've retroactively made him gay. That's supposed to be a big deal. I don't think, I don't think anybody's really amped up about it. I don't even think gay people are. I mean, at this point, the things that were supposed to wow us, if they ever were going to, they already have. And in the meantime, with things like the, the airline pilot situation, you've got a real shortage. So you need more people, but you have to maintain a level of quality. 
what would people do if they had a, if they knew that some airlines were doing diversity hires for the flight crew and some airlines were not which which airline would do better which airline would get more cuz we don't really have loyalty anymore most people don't say well i only fly this one airline and i get the miles and the points and the stuff i mean we pretty much now look at these aggregator sites and get our best deal I think most people do that, right? So <clears throat> which would do better? Which would be rewarded with consumer confidence and dollars? The one saying we have the most diverse flight crew or the one saying we have the most qualified flight crew? Here's a random question, Christian. Okay. What is something you are willing to pay extra for? Mm. And I'm thinking like, you know, an upgraded airplane ticket or a toll road or what is something that you are okay with paying extra for? Yeah, I won't do toll roads usually. Um, I would say, and this is a struggle with my wife because she loves to cook, so I'm always willing to go a little bit overboard at a restaurant to take her out because she, oh, okay. she spends a lot of time at a, in the kitchen. <laughs> so the convenience of a restaurant meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do that. that. Yeah, if I, yeah, especially if I love it too. Yeah, I'll, I'm right. a sucker. I'll do that. Yeah, right. Is there anything in your life that you will pay a premium price for? Like, there's a base price to have this experience, but a if you if you pay a little more, you get a different experience. Yeah, well, when it comes to a bass guitar, uh, I was spoiled by being able to play my dad's instruments from back when he was, you know, pro musician mm. way, way back. So he's got like a an old American Fender, uh, Rickenbacker. Mm. If I go to something that you could get off of, you know, something online, yeah. I'm kind of spoiled. The strings ain't going to yeah. be, you know, something really, you know, if it's not, I hate to sound like a yuppie because I'm really not. But if it's a bass that's under five to seven hundred dollars, there's a reason why that's the case. There you go. All right. We all have something. Thank you, Christian. We're all have something that we would, we would say it may cost a little more, but I'm, it's worth it to me. And, and the operative words there are to me, right? Because, you know, to somebody else, they'd be like a guitar is a guitar or whatever. Now, I brought this up last week, but it was late in the show. We didn't really get into it. It came back into my brain pan over the weekend because I went to the movies and we got into a discussion in the movie theater about this story that this was not an AMC movie theater that I went to, but AMC theaters were in the news over the weekend, uh, over last week, because they've got a new program, a new pricing program called Sightline, and this is where different seats in the same theater, you know, the same room for the same showing of the same movie, seats will be priced according to how good they are. Seats in the middle of the auditorium will cost a couple of bucks more. Seats in the front row will be slightly less. Seats classified as standard will be at the current price. You can pay less for value seats. You can pay more for the seats everybody wants to sit in. And I mentioned this last week, and I said, you know, I I think their bigger problem is figuring out why people don't want to go to the movies anymore. I I would think the overarching concern in the movie industry would be, you know, streaming and people staying home. And, uh, but the theaters are starting to fill up again. I mean, I went, uh, Saturday night and it was, it, it was the palladium. I mean, it was, it was very full. Um, 
So they got this pricing plan. And the other thing I said last week was, well, this to me is like toll roads or, you know, um, when you get, when you book your seats on an airplane, uh, they give you that seating chart and you can pay $29 more if you want to sit closer to the front or $49 more for an aisle or you want to sit here. I, I don't usually do that, but I get why they do that. I get that there are people for whom that is worth it and they pay it. I was really surprised both on the air last week and then in this conversation I had on Saturday night. People hate this. I mean, they really hate it. This is AMC is going to have to stick to its guns or they're going to have to lick their wounds and beat a retreat because people hate the idea of staggered uh, or tier, not staggered, but tiered pricing. For the, for the theater tickets. And I think we had uh, a quote from Elijah Wood, the actor, who said that movie theaters are temples of democracy or something like that, democratic spaces or something like that. And he was weighing in against it, and I was calling him a hypocrite because I'm sure Elijah Wood, and I don't begrudge him this, but as a wealthy actor, I'm sure he rents you know premium uh, Ubers or limos. I'm sure he stays at you know, suites in hotels and, 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 and pays extra for things because they're perks and he can do that and more power to him. It's funny to me to see somebody like that getting all hot and bothered about somebody spending $2 more for a movie ticket. People really seem to hate it. And um, so I wanted to dig, it, dig back into it a little bit and ask you, first of all, is this something you would ever do? Now, you may not go to movies, and you can sit this one out if you don't, but w- would you pay extra for, like, the best seat? Or is it just ingrained in you that, hey, if I'm going to the 735 showing of such and such a movie at such and such a theater, those tickets are all the same? 210-599-5555. And then let me broaden it out a little bit. So that's my first question. My second question everyone can answer. What is something you will pay extra for because it's worth it to you. You will pay over the standard price. You will pay you will know you could get it for less, but you will pay a little more to have a slightly different or better experience. I'm just kind of curious to know what that is. What what is something you are willing to you know, go a little upgrade on? Is it belonging to a nicer gym or fitness center? Is it um, is it toll roads? Yeah, you know, I get the chance. I have the Texas tag. I drive in the toll roads. It's faster. Uh, what is something you would pay more for? If it, it, whether it's this or not, what is something you do pay more for? 210-599-5555. So I want to get some calls on that. We'll talk about that. We're also asking you on the JR poll, uh, do you think we are seeing alien or Chinese flying objects? So far, everybody's saying Chinese. And if you missed it, Jed Babin, our national defense expert, did say that despite the head fakes from our federal government, they do know, he says, they do know what these things are, and they are not being uh, forthcoming about them. So we're going to get into that a little bit, dig into that a little bit. 210-599-5555. So I have a friend who's, you know, he's pretty well off. He's pretty well fixed. He uh, does well. He Wears good clothes, very always very well turned out, drives a nice car. Um, he is not, I wouldn't say he's wasteful or throws money around like crazy, but I mean, he's 
he, he, he spends for the things that he wants. He went full on, um, like, he, he got completely primeval about this movie ticket idea. You know, I mean, he was he was offended, horrified, angry, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Calm down. It, it, it it's just it's only AMC. They haven't even done it yet." You know, um, he was ready to just stop going to movies altogether. I was surprised by how many people I talked to who were really angry. But he said something that opened my eyes a little bit. To again, I, I hadn't thought of it this way. He said, it's not that I don't have the money, and it's not that I don't spend money on, on upgraded experiences, but all our lives, we've gone to movie theaters and all the seats are priced the same. You know, I'm not talking about IMAX and the specialty theaters. I'm talking about when you go to a movie theater and you're there with the other people to watch that movie in that theater, in that cinema room, everyone's paid the price. And you just was offended by the idea that there would you'd be sitting there knowing that oh those people they got better seats they paid more yeah and so i didn't i didn't think of that to me it was no different than paying more for other things that are worth it to you or not worth it to you it would be up to you 210-599-5555 so a what do you think of that idea that it, that uh, amc has and b what is something you do pay a premium for that's important to you. Rachel is on KTSA. Rachel, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. So, I'm not a big movie goer, so I may not be, you know, worth a lot as far as that. I do feel like what's wrong with getting there early and picking out the seats you want or raising mm. the prices of the board right. if they need to make more. Right. Um, Actually, so you don't even have to get there early because now you can book them online and just reserve them early and. Show so up whenever you want. Yeah. Uh, my item that I spend extra money on, very specifically, is a high-quality butter for bread. So I go with a grass-fed butter rather than your run-of-the-mill uh, cheaper butter. It's probably twice the price, but if you love mm. fresh bread, nothing mm. like a high-quality butter. There you go. There you go. So there's, you would agree there's probably something for all of us that we feel like is worth a little bit more. We know we don't have to do it, but we just feel like it's worth it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you, Rachel. I appreciate the call. Uh, Eddie is on KTSA. Eddie, good afternoon. How y'all doing? Hey, Eddie. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Did you have something you want to say about this, Eddie? Yeah. Okay. I guess yeah. we. I guess we called him. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Tyler is on KTSA. Tyler, good afternoon. Hey, howdy, boys. Wake up, Eddie. You know, time to talk. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, the whole AMC thing, I'm in, I'm personally a little bit indifferent to it. My wife and I don't really go to the movies that often. Yeah. I think yeah. they're clearly modeling it after, you know, a concert hall type thing where you're paying right. more to get a, a better seat. Um, right. I would do it, honestly, you know, because it's kind of a splurge for me anyway to go to the movies. So, you know, a couple times a year here and there. I think, personally, I would splurge for a better seat, something I'd be willing to pay more for. Uh, mm -hmm. My item uh, specifically that I pay more for uh, that I use daily is coffee. And I'm not talking about going to a coffee chain, you know, drive-through. Uh, I'm talking about coffee beans. 
Um, I'm I'm paying, I don't know, probably quite a bit more than a normal household would pay for coffee grounds to make my own mm-hmm. cold brew at home. And the quality, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm a little bit of a coffee snob. I drink it every day. And the quality and taste and just everything is way, way worth it for me. I'm yeah. more than willing to pay more for coffee. I also agree with Rachel on the, on the butter front. You got to get some good butter and, and keep a slab of butter on your counter for, you know, when you need to spread it. You don't have to refrigerate that, you know. So I'm I'm all but, about you know, coffee. It's funny it's funny you say that because I have I have friends that do that and I cannot wrap my head around that. I am so trained so, yeah, to I put think, the butter in yeah, the refrigerator. Yeah, I I it's kind of like eggs too, you know, the United States is one of the only countries that actually refrigerates their eggs because they're mm-hmm. they're washing them before they sell them, but you know, butter's totally safe on the counter. We keep one stick in the fridge, one on the counter, you know, all depends on what you're using it for. But right. yeah, my, my thing is my thing is coffee. I was gonna mention some other stuff, but the uh Well tell me about the, the coffee, because I'm a coffee drinker too, and now I'm curious to know what is it you well, what is, what is it you insist so on? I I make my own cold brew at home. It's a very simple process. I'm not gonna get into details, but you can buy a cold brew maker on Amazon, whatever. It's just a jug with a filter, right? So I, I go to my local you know, big chain grocery store and, and buy one specific bean that I have uh, decided upon after, you know, many different uh, flavors or, or brews, mm-hmm. whatever, ha- roast, roast is the word I'm looking for. So it's okay. kind of, you know, just the exact one that I fell in love with and I will pay for it as long as they sell it. Yeah. And What's the brand? So, and uh, It's actually an H-E-B brand called uh, Very Special Blend. And I, I grind it in store in their grinder on, on a coarse grind, and that's what you want to do for your cold nice. brew if you ever. Yeah. I don't know if you drink yeah. cold coffee, but I, I, I do it, you know, and that pitcher lasts me a couple of days, and then I make a new one overnight, and I'm ready to go, you know, and I, I just fell in love with that, so I absolutely would pay more for it, and I, you know, every time I do. Tyler, would you ever, would you ever drink a cup of instant coffee? Absolutely, I would if there was no other alternative. <laughs> okay. Um, if we tied you to a chair of, and you were well, like, the reason, yeah. <laughs> the reason I can answer that is because I will openly admit that I am absolutely addicted to caffeine. You know, so yeah, me too. If, if if that's the thing that's there, yeah, I'll drink yeah. it. Would I like yeah. it? Absolutely. I'm just not. like you. I mean, yeah. I, I I have standards, but they go out the window if I need a cup of coffee and all that's available is. You know, the gas yeah. station or, you know, the jar of instant, any I've, port in a storm. I've got a buddy who insists on this one uh, dispensed hot coffee from his local gas station. It's I don't know what it is. I don't drink hot coffee, but it's one of those ones where you press a button and it just comes oh, out yeah. of the machine. And, and he, he he's like me. Like, that's his thing. That's all he wants. The same way if, you go to the pick and, if you go to the pick and pack at 1604 in O'Connor... That that is the best machine coffee I've ever had in my life, and I would put it well, up against might, like a coffee house or anything that like way. that. I'll, I'll check it out. I'm out that way often, actually. Yeah, O'Connor and sixteen oh four pick and pack. Tyler, it was good to talk yes, to you. Sir. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. All right, we got off in the weeds here on coffee. I, I could talk about that all day, so I'm sorry. Um, AMC says we're going to start charging more for good seats in our movie theaters. And they call it Sightline, and um, they're starting it out in a few locations, but eventually rolling it out nationwide over the course of this year. Uh, some seats will stay right 
at the price they're at now. Some will go up because they're in the middle of the theater where people like to sit. And then others will go down a little like the front row because you get, you know, <laughs> that's where you sit if you come late, right? So what, what would you do that? I mean, people were... I have yet to meet anybody that isn't highly offended. Well, Tyler wasn't. But, I mean, a lot of people are very offended by that because, apparently, it always was one price. And maybe that's the thing. I mean, maybe you can't jack around with that. If Like, maybe airplane tickets have, for our entire lives, have had tiered pricing, so we accept it. But maybe you cannot take something that's always been one price and you know, change it into uh, different prices. I, I, it didn't really bother me, to be honest. But, um, and, and by the way, when you're going to the movies, it's not an economical transaction. I mean, if you are going to a movie theater, unless you're going to like some afternoon matinee or the dollar theater, if they even still have that. But I mean, if you're going to an, a Saturday night movie, you know you're paying through the nose for the ticket. For the snacks, for the drinks. I mean, you know that. 210-599-5555 to join the show. Butter, coffee. Um, ben says rental car upgrades. Uh, somebody said sunglasses. What is something you would pay extra for because it's worth it to you? You would pay a premium price or you would pay what you believe, you, you would pay for what you believe is a premium version of a product or service, you know. Maybe you're like, I get Uber XL, not Uber. I do Uber Black, not Uber XL, or whatever it is. Whatever it is, uh, because the movie theaters are starting to look at premium pricing for seats in the movie theaters. and Some people don't like that. 210-599-5555. Pete is on KTSA, Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Pete. Hey, how you doing, Jack? I like that you're using your directional, Pete. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, no, that's good. That means you're a good driver. You're obviously not a San Antonio driver if you're using your directional. No, I I drive in San Antonio. Nobody uses blinkers there. (laughs) I know. That's that's why I knew you were not one of us. (laughs) Hey, so So what what do you think about the movie seat idea? What do you think about that? Not really for me, but if we're taking our kids out three or four times a year, yeah, we want them to have good seats, not in the front, not on the side. So, yeah, yeah we I pay for better tickets for my kids. Yeah. But I wanted to mention something else. I'm talking about cuts of meat. I would pay okay. more uh, for a better cut of beef, a better mm-hmm. grade of filet, what have mm-hmm. you, or, or leaner meat. I don't do it all the time because I'm cheap, but right. um, that's what I would pay for more. Yeah. I mean, anything, there's always something that to you is worth it and other people wouldn't be. And I I get the feeling with this movie theater idea, they might have misunderstood the way people feel about this. Like, I hear what you're saying, that if it's a special occasion, you're taking your kids to a movie they're excited to see, you want them to have the best experience. But I also hear a lot of people saying, look, it's never been like that, and it shouldn't start to be like that, because it should be one price for everybody. Oh, you know what, Jack? So here in Corpus Christi, you book your tickets in advance or they fill up. So plan in advance. You can go to the Alamo Draft Theater and pick what you want. They're all the same price, just doing it in advance. There you go. There you go. I think that's a great point. Pete, thank you. We have that here, too. We have that at 
I think all the theaters have that. I do. I always do that. I, I don't. I can't remember the last time I went to a movie theater and bought the tickets at the ticket window because it's much nicer to have them to have the e-ticket and to know in advance you've got the seat you want. I, I like. I really like aisle seats, and uh, I feel much better knowing I have that. So I just lock that in. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Is this a good idea that AMC movie theaters are rolling out? Uh, charging more for what they consider to be the premium seats, or are you offended? And then what is something you would pay a premium price for that's worth it to you but not, might not be worth it uh, to somebody else? Fred is on KTSA. Fred, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Jack. There's two things I pay a premium for. And yes, sir. Actually, the movie theater kind of thing, I we don't go to the movies very much because there aren't yep. very good movies anymore. No. But... No. Uh, Okay, let's talk about two products we pay extra for. One is yes. a mattress. You spend a third of your life on a mattress, you better darn well mm. make sure it's a good thing. Yep. All right, the Agreed. other one you're going to use daily is toilet paper. Mm. Don't skimp on the toilet paper. So those are the two things, Jack. Everything else, who cares? <laughs> Mattresses and toilet papers. This man has his priorities. Thank you, Fred. Uh, 210 210-599-5555. Um, so you've heard of the, uh, 1619 project, right? Nicole Hannah Jones. She is, uh, talking about the fact that stores are starting to lock up merchandise, especially in New York city and other major cities. There has been such a jump, a skyrocketing, uh, rate of shoplifting, smash and grab and so forth that stores are locking up. Uh, merchandise, and it requires you, if you want to select something, to get a store employee to unlock it or obtain it for you. She says that is. Are are you are you are you ready? Are you ready? What do you think she's going to say? Sixteen nineteen project. Nicole Hannah Jones. What's she going to say? She says that's demeaning. It's demeaning. It's insane. I'm not waiting every time I need to grab something from a different aisle or a different shelf in the same aisle. You can't read labels. It's a terrible shopping experience. Well, at least she didn't say it was racist. That's where I thought she would go. But I do find it funny that no one wants to talk about why stores are doing this. And people act like stores want to lock up their merchandise. They don't. The last best hope of a brick-and-mortar store, the only way they're ever going to survive is the experience of being able to pick something up, like she said, or read the label or hold it in your hand. If they've got to lock it behind glass, it might as well be bought online, and people will. The reason they're doing it, Nicole Hannah-Jones, is because people like you are so big on defund the police People like you are so sure that law enforcement is equal to racism, it's systemic, that major cities are no longer hospitable or even practical places to have brick-and-mortar retail stores. Okay? And I'm not talking about, I mean, remember, you know, 20, 30 years ago, if there was looting in a city, it would be like electronic stores or liquor stores. These are like pharmacies you know 
people are stealing Sierra Mist and allergy medication and makeup. And because of that, stores are considering and starting to do the, the locking up or, or pu- placing behind glass of their most valuable merchandise. And one chain, uh, I, th- I forget which one it was, said the other day, the CEO of the chain said the other day, we're considering locking it all up. So yeah, it is a terrible experience. But this is where this is how we will live if we don't stop the the racial uh, and and uh, virtue signaling nonsense about policing. She is right. It is a terrible. This will make for a terrible experience. You will not like it. No one will like it. The retailers won't like it. It'll drive them out of business just slowly. It turns out that if you give up on basic law and order because you are sure that it can't be done without it being racist or systemic, if you give up, if you just say, well, it'd be better to just not have law enforcement, it turns out you don't like that world. You won't want to live in that world. You'd love to have just one of these people, just one of these limousine liberals, admit, hey, you know what? We we had a couple of crazy years there. I mean, the, the, what happened to George Floyd shouldn't have happened to him. What happened to, to, to a few of these other people should not have happened. But we had a couple of crazy years. We got this crazy idea. We don't want to live like this. We don't want our cities like this. This is not livable. Portland is not livable. New York and Chicago are not livable. We don't want this. They can't do it. So she's mad at the stores. <laughs> I'm telling you, the stores don't want to do this. 210-599-5555. Maybe that'll be a, a premium uh, item. Maybe you'll, maybe they'll, in the, in the dystopian future, you know, like in the year 2035 or something, you'll, you'll go out the door to go shopping and you will have your choice. You can go to a store that's all glassed in and locked and metal detectors and cameras and you can't touch anything. You gotta slide your card through some little slot to the person. Or you can pay extra to go to an emporium that's like old school. And, and you'll have a membership card and you can go in and they'll let you pick up boxes and packages and read the backs. And I mean, maybe that's what we're headed for. So you will not hear me say this very often, but I'm very excited about a guest we're gonna have on the show tomorrow. Um, this guy is going viral right now. And it isn't just what we're going to talk to him about, but it's also the hope that I get just from hearing him. I really get, I get very optimistic about the future and so often the stuff we talk about. And I don't mean for this to happen, but it, it kind of devolves into that whole, oh, we're doomed, you know. Uh, his name is Vince Dow. Vincent Dow is a 19 year old guy. He's conservative. He's sharp. He's well spoken. He was on a, um, like a millennial panel that, uh, or a Gen Z panel that vice.com did. And, um, it, it just blows you away. This is Vince Dow talking about assimilation of immigrants, cut number two. 
assimilation. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it a burden? Is it an opportunity? Necessary to an extent, we are forced to in order to navigate this country. Learning how to like properly behave, for example, making sure that you are um, in line. kosher in this society. And I think that means survival. I think assimilation is not just a great thing, it's a necessary thing. Huh. No society can hold together where people have nothing in common, they don't speak the same language, they don't practice the same things. Differences in race, culture, religion, all these things. The, people have fought wars, violent wars, killed each other over these things for thousands of years. If America is to hold together, assimilation, not just good or bad, necessary. I don't think it's going to be possible for America to survive as a stable functioning society if people don't, to some degree, say, well, here's what we're going to commonly agree upon. So we'll talk to him tomorrow in our five o'clock hour, and um, I think you'll I think you'll be impressed. I know I was. Um, 210-599-5555, something you would pay extra for. Is it a movie seat? Is it something else? Sarah is on KTSA. Hi, Sarah. Good afternoon. Hi. Um, coming on AMC, I say no-go because it's just another reason for people to walk in the theater kind of late because they have their reservation uh, and not, you know, interact with other people in line. Just more delay and on the locking stuff up it's not going to be long before these chains like walgreens and some of the larger chains are going to have to do this nationwide because they'll be considered racist if they only do it in oh, central yeah. chicago or only in go. primary areas so it'll become a blanket yeah. thing so okay yeah. thank you sarah uh david is on ktsa hi david Good afternoon. As far as the movie theater thing, no. I, I think first come, first serve has been working out for uh, a long time. And, you know, when we go to the movies, we always go early so we can get the premium seats. Um, uh, you get the reservations. You want to have to get up and get out of the way, get up, and I think it's an inconvenience. Um, Las Vegas is already locking everything up, uh, mostly because of the homeless people walking in and doing smashing grabs. And the thing that I would pay more, or that I do pay more, is uh, when we fly and we get the last call for the seats, I always uh, pay for the upgrades to be one of the first ones on the plane because I don't mm-hmm. want to be stuck waiting two kids or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatsoever. So we try mm-hmm. to, you know, get there uh, and get a nice exit seat so we have more leg room on a long flight. There you go. Thank you, David. Appreciate appreciate hearing from you. We'll get to more of these uh, coming up. 210-599-5555. Super Bowl yesterday. You know, people used to talk a lot about the ads after Super Bowl. I don't hear anybody really talking about it anymore. There were were a couple of pretty good ones. I was kind of, I got all kind of gooey with the, the farmer's dog one with the girl and her dog because dogs do that to me. But, uh, and you know, I thought the funniest one was probably the, the one with Rockstar. I think it was for Workday.com. And it was actual rock stars telling people not to use the term in the workplace. Oh, you're a real rock star. She's a real rock star. That, that was kind of cute. I, I, it didn't tell me anything about Workday. Have you noticed how many of these ads, you don't know what it's for? Like, you don't know what the company does? There was one called Timu or Remu or something. The ad ran over and over again, but I have no idea what it was. <laughs> I mean, that's, how do you spend $7 million and forget to tell people what it is? So anyway, um, and there were the he gets us ads that we talked about last week. You know who I, I, I said last week, I'm, I'm not bothered by the ads. I'm not against them, but I think they're kind of flawed because they present only half of 
who Jesus is. Now I'm rethinking my criticism because it turns out AOC hates the he gets us ads. You know me. I'm, I really want to be on the opposite side of whatever she is. All right, before I let you go for the night, was it holding? Yes, it was holding. I mean, I understand how people feel. I, yeah, I and do I understand too. all I the too. what ifs, but in every sport, in every game, in every season, in every career, you're just going to have some gray areas. And I, I, well, I feel like it would have been less controversial had they been calling a lot of penalties, but they weren't, and so it stood out. There is never going to be a way to get the subjective penalties called correctly. But was it as egregious as what we saw? You remember the New Orleans, Minnesota, the pass interference no call about four or five years ago. That's kind of what started this whole thing in the in the playoffs. How are these officials calling the game? It was nothing remotely like that. And so I get that you don't want to see that, but it's holding. And, yeah. the, and the world is watching. So... Yeah, look, if it, it was, also did not decide the game. It might have no, it might it have compressed the ending of the game a it bit did. because from that point on it was very clear what Reed's strategy would be and he executed it flawlessly, but but you don't know who would have won that game otherwise anyway. Um, you don't know what would have happened. Look, I'm looking more at Jalen Hurts fumble return for a touchdown. Yeah. You know, stuff like yeah. that. You, you had a whole game to go. Before yeah. that happened, so you know, and I like the fact I really I, I I like the fact that James Bradbury, who could have handled it ninety nine other ways, said after the game, "Yep, I held him." Yeah, exactly, it, it is what it is. How do you perfect it? I don't know, but it was holding, so just don't hold. There you go. Words to live by from Christian Bud, ladies and gentlemen. Just don't hold. All right, have a good night, sir. Um, so the. Uh, the Super Bowl was last night, and I got to tell you, if you didn't watch, I, I, you didn't miss. It wasn't the greatest Super Bowl ever. It wasn't the worst one ever. It was two really good teams, the number one seeds. It was the it was the MVP versus the MVP runner up. Both quarterbacks had stellar games. Nobody has to feel bad from the quarterback standpoint. Fans of both teams should be very excited. Both of these teams could make a run uh, going forward. I think. Personally, I think the Chiefs are in a little bit better position to be a dynasty than the Eagles, but I, I think they both have a nice, bright future. Uh, I love the class these guys showed, not only Bradbury, but you know, after the game you had, uh, and, and again, you don't see this very much anymore, but Patrick Mahomes went out of his way to say, hey, that Jalen Hurts had a great game. Don't lose that. Don't miss that. Um, really all you can find fault with in that game last night is that the Eagles' defense didn't pressure Mahomes. They didn't get to him. We know when when teams figure out a way to do that and he's running for his life, that's what happened with his Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. That that has happened to him even this season. But if you don't, if you give him time to be a playmaker, he's kind of in a you know, kind of in a class by himself, and he he put on a show, and and Jalen Hurts put on a great show. You can't, other than the fumble that Christian mentioned, you can't really find a lot of fault with his uh, with his game either. Statistically, it was a great game. He looks he looks better on paper. He looks like the better quarterback on paper. He might have even been a slightly better quarterback, but his defense didn't get to Mahomes, and Mahomes made plays. So that happened. Um, I can remember, I've been doing radio for a long time. I, when I was in music radio, the day after the Super Bowl was 
people calling in talking about the ads. That's waned. Somebody made a great point a while back. They said, well, the nature of advertising is different now, and advertisers don't put all their eggs in that basket. If they have a gimmick, if they have a, uh, you know, something really uh, eye-catching, they're going to do it outside of and leading up to and following, not just during the Super Bowl. Because there used to be ads that you would only see, right? There'd be a Budweiser ad or something you'd only see in the Super Bowl. But now that that's kind of spread out and diluted, the ads don't seem that, I don't know, that worth the chatter. Uh, there were a few that I liked, you know. And, and I was thinking about it. I think I have another reason why maybe they're not as great or memorable or entertaining as they used to be, Super Bowl ads, I mean. I, I get the feeling watching a lot of companies that they are just lost. I mean, they know how to make their product. If they make trucks or candy or beer or, you know, vacations or whatever it is they do, they know how to do it. They know more about it than I do. But I think I can tell when somebody is so tied up in knots over being politically correct and DAI, DEI and uh, woke that they don't know how to eat. They don't know if they can say anything. They're afraid to say anything. They're trying to cover their ass, right? Everything is, you know, playing it safe. And I think if you want to stand out, you can't play it safe. You know, there's an old saying, you can't steal second base with one foot on first. When you buy multi-million dollar ad campaigns in the Super Bowl, you're taking a big risk. There's a, there's a potential great reward because you've got this huge audience. It's one of the last rituals that unites a, a wide swath of Americans. You've got a, essentially you've got people, you know, you've, you've, you've got their ears and eyes, captive audience. But you have to, you have to take a chance. You have to stand out. Every time the ads come on, people get up to get another beer, to get a drink, to go get a snack. You gotta, you gotta pull something out that makes them go, whoa, wait a minute, what is this? And, and for example, the M&M's people, I mean, they make one of the world's most beloved candies. Everybody loves M&M's. They are so just screwed up. <laughs> with political correctness, that they don't know how to market m and how, how can you blow that? I mean, it was terrible. The whole thing with we're canceling the singing, talking M&Ms, and then we're having Maya Rudolph, poor Maya Rudolph, who was wasted. And then, okay, we're bringing him back. I mean, it's all, they've lost clarity. And what could be simpler than a, a package of candies, right? I mean, come on. The whole thing with the EVs, you know, I was talking to somebody and he was like, boy, are, are all of the car commercials going to be EVs? And I thought, it looks like they, they are, but the funny thing is, EVs are still a tiny fraction of the total automotive audience. You're still wasting all this money and time marketing cars that aren't even that widely available. You're not selling what you have on the lot. Because you have to project the EV image. 
That is crazy to me. I mean, I, I, I know a little bit about marketing. It's, inv- it, it, it's part of, you know, it's involved in what I do. You advertise what you have. You market what you have or what you can do, not what you would, you know, like to be doing in the future or hope people will think of you. It, it's, it's just bizarre. I think that's part of why the ads are not very satisfying. 210 599 Like I said, the rock star for Workday was pretty good. The farmer's dog one made me well up a little. I did like, I don't really like Ben Affleck, but I did like the Dunkin' Donuts ad with Ben Affleck and J-Lo. I thought that was kind of funny. But, yeah, they're not what they used to be. Now, the He Gets Us ads ran, and um, we talked about this last week. They ran, they've been running for over a year, but they ran on the Super Bowl. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez now says that those ads are for fascism. The squad Democrat went on the attack after the game Sunday night, after he gets us ads ran during Super Bowl 57. Something tells me, she wrote on Twitter, that Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. Well, first of all, why are we talking about what kind of ad Jesus would run on the Super Bowl? <laughs> Did somebody drop you on your head or what? I mean, what, 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 kind of a, what kind of a premise is that? So now we're supposed to speculate about how Jesus would advertise? I think Jesus would do talk radio ads. I think he would have me endorse him. That's what I think. <laughs> I'm being kidding. But seriously, uh, fascism has become the new stand-in word. It has nothing to do, the, def- the definition of that word has nothing to do with this. And so you can like an ad, not like an ad, respond to it. It's not fascism. In fact, if you look up fascism, I'm not going to do this for you. If you're interested, if it, if it tickles your fancy, Google it. Or if you have an old-fashioned dictionary, yank it out and take a look at it. And when you read the definition of fascism, and I challenge you, if you, if you do this, I'm not giving you homework, if you read the actual definition of the word, tell me that that doesn't actually describe people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Joe Biden much more than it does the people they are always hanging that word on. They are projecting what they are. And it's just like fascists to call everyone around them a fascist so you won't notice that they are fascists. But again, look at the word and then think to yourself, in the current universe I live in, who best fits this definition, this description? And it's the people using the word. I I, I guarantee that's what you're going to see. 210-599-5555. Uh, on the JR poll question, we'll have results at the end of the hour. Do you think we are seeing alien? Or I'm really hoping somebody will say alien. Are we seeing alien or are we seeing Chinese government craft in our skies? A couple more shot down over the weekend. 210 599 What do you think is going on here? Jed Babin told us earlier, yes, our government knows what they are. No, they're not confused, but they are sowing confusion about all of this. 
What do you think the Chinese government is really up to? Are they probing, testing, seeing what can be done, seeing what they can get away with? So far, they haven't done anything overtly hostile. They've violated our airspace. But who's to say if if you can do that and not be challenged, could you do something more insidious with that technology? And now that we are shooting them down willy-nilly, uh, are you good with that? Or are you concerned that that could lead to something unintended? I, I wouldn't even put it past the Chinese government to sort of set us up for that, you know, put us in a, put, put, the, put the administration in such a trigger-happy mode that they're going to start giving orders to shoot at everything and anything that's unidentified. Well, unidentified things could turn out to be civilian aircraft or who knows what. So, um, so we had the Super Bowl, 210-599-5555. There was an awful lot of talk last week and over the weekend about the first two, uh, the first time two black quarterbacks have faced one another in a Super Bowl. And the more I thought about that, and, and look, call me whatever you want. Call me names. Call me a racist. Call me an old white guy. Call me anything you want. Just talk, you know, j- j- just, just understand this is where I'm coming from. We've had black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl for 25 years. Teams are putting the best or what they perceive to be the best quarterback on the field that they can. And I think if you look around the league, it's pretty clear. There there was a time. I don't know exactly what parameters or years to put on it. It's true that there was a time when that was seen as the white position. And there may have been owners who were reluctant to cross that line for marketing reasons, fan reasons, whatever. I get it. We that was a long time ago. Okay. And we you know <laughs> I, I I don't understand it, it seems like a very artificial distinction to say, well, if for the first time we've got two facing one another. Wouldn't the real breakthrough have been when black quarterbacks were playing in the Super Bowl? Were leading winning teams or Super Bowl contending teams? And of course they have been for a very, very long time. It reinforces what I think about this kind of talk, or when we were talking earlier about how airlines want to end having white men in the cockpit. This is not about giving somebody down there a leg up here. This is about making the people who are up here feel better about themselves. So white liberals will never give up their job. They will never give up their position. They will talk about white privilege, but you'll notice they never surrender an inch of their own privilege. But they think if they talk enough about firsts and oppression, you won't notice where they are, where they're sitting. And it's pathetic. That's what this is about. It's not about anything else. And, and, you know, I think... If we were to talk to Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, they're very proud of themselves, and they should be. But I think they would say they play a team sport. I think they would say, I need all the guys on the field. I need my coach. I couldn't do it without my coach. 
I think they would recognize that in their lives, as they came up from childhood as young men playing the game, they had coaches and mentors of, of all races or both races. So if you know anything about it, I don't think you believe this is that incredible a, a headline. Find the people that are talking the most about it and just raving about, look at this, black quarterbacks. They don't know the they don't know the first thing about this game. It just it sounds kind of stupid to me. 210-599-5555. What are we seeing in the skies? Are they aliens or is it the Chinese government? I, I thought it was sort of sad that the NORAD general had to say, well, we we, we just really don't know. I'll leave that to others. Jim has a thought on that on KTSA. Jim, good afternoon. Hey, Jack. Couldn't agree with you more on your quarterback analysis. It was so irrelevant and stupid. But in the sky, I tell you, I got most of my life uh, working for the Department of Defense, first in uniform, then, then retired, and, and now as a civil service. I, I don't believe it's either. I don't believe it's the Chinese, and I don't believe it's, uh, what did they say? Oh, aliens. That's laughable. Um, what I do believe is there's something going on that's deeper than that, and it's saving face because they have so much egg on it from not shooting down the actual spy balloon that traversed 6,000-some miles of uh, continental U.S. between mm-hmm. Alaska and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, they have such a black eye from that, they got to make up for it. So I, I would not doubt, this is my theory, and I hope it's not too out there, that they, they actually do have some covert unit that's putting things, drones or something up in the air, weather balloons. And there's only a very small group of people that know about that. I don't know that the pilots that are shooting them down actually know what they are. But I think Lloyd Austin and uh, Mark uh, Milley are two communist uh, DOD secretary and joint chiefs of staff members are doing it to save face. And they would, I wouldn't put it past them at all to be creating a hoax like this to make themselves look good. That's how I feel about it. I yeah. know no, I, I, how I they mean, operate. Could, yeah, they're yeah no, it could be. They, they, it could they're be. absolutely horrible to their people. Yeah. So this has got to uh, be a, this theory, has got to be a brutal, this has got to be a brutal time, Jim, for not, not those yeah. guys, but I'm talking about the, the rank and file military. Oh. This administration yeah. has got to be yeah. like, uh, salt in the wound for them. It, it is horrible. It there, they are miserable individuals and they treat the Department of Defense miserably. Uh, if you're rank and file and you believe in basic American values, you're an outsider right now. You're, you're being witch hunted. So you, if you're, you gotta be woke, you gotta be, uh, you know, saying all the, the PC things or you're an outsider to these guys. And, uh, it's scary to me. I think it's yeah. scary to a lot of people out there. Yeah. So no, I, I think that's, I think that's a good point. Thank you, yeah. Jim. I think that's a good point. And I would extend what we were just talking about, not only to the military, I'm using that as an umbrella term, but I would, I would extend it to the rank and file of the FBI, uh, probably our intelligence agencies, uh, many of our police forces around the country at different levels. In other words, we have to be careful with our language. I have to be careful with my language because sometimes we talk about... Um, bodies of people and what we really mean are the most visible kind of uh figureheads of those bodies but the bodies are made up of people who got into it may have made a career out of it have shown dedication 
have a very advanced skill set, are able to do things you and I could never do, are willing to do things you and I would never do. And I, I try to keep that separation in mind, and it's, and it's hard to do. And I do think at a moment like this, it just has to be embarrassing. I don't know any other way to describe it. I mean, if you fly uh, our country's uh, military aircraft for a living, this just has to be embarrassing. We will uh, add up the votes on the JR poll. We, on our show, um, when we ask a poll question, you get the results the same night. We're not like, uh, you know, Arizona or something. So we'll see how you voted um, on the aliens or Chinese government question on the JR poll a few minutes from now. The, um, I think one of the most sought after people this weekend in uh, Arizona was DeMar Hamlin. He plays for the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills were not in the Super Bowl. But he was there. He was at the NFL Honors Dinner the other night when they gave out the MVP and various other league awards. Uh, And he was honoring the medical professionals who saved his life as part of the Super Bowl weekend. And people took pictures of him at the game. And people are just glad to see this guy up and about and looking great. But he had a jacket on. That looked like a very expensive uh, jacket. It had all this very elaborate um, artwork on it. And um, it was a very stylized um, depiction of Jesus. According to TMZ, it's a $4,000 jacket designed by a Japanese fashion designer. I have one too, but mine's at the dry cleaner right now, so I just (laughs) haven't been able to wear it. But seriously... um, some people took issue with the images of Jesus. Um, in fact, Adrian Peterson, remember Adrian Peterson, uh, former NFL star, um, ripped Damar Hamlin for blasphemy. And there were all these people mouthing off about this jacket. Maybe I'm weird, but I'm, I'm just glad Damar Hamlin is okay. And I don't I, I do not believe a guy that has spoken as movingly and with apparent sincerity about prayer and gratitude for people's prayers decided I think I'll go um blaspheme Jesus at the Super Bowl. I, I I don't know what I don't know what the jacket is supposed to say. I'm not sure what he's thinking. He's a twenty four year old guy. Maybe his messaging isn't always on point, but it seems like quite a stretch to suddenly turn on this man. And then somebody wrote um, on Twitter that they were something, and this was some talk radio idiot. It was something like, um, we prayed for him, but uh, our prayers saved his life, but apparently he doesn't respect that or some goofiness like that. I, I just want to say this, and, I, and, and I'll leave it, unless you want to talk about it. I'll just leave it at this. We don't pray for people because 
They're perfect. We don't pray for people because they're good. We don't pray for people because we think they're good. We don't pray for people because of what they do or do not do. We pray for people because it gives glory to God and because we are asking for his intercession on their behalf. That's why we're able to pray for people that have committed crimes or fallen or fell short. Churches are not for saints, they're for sinners. Prayer works that way too. If you are attacking the idea that people prayed for DeMar Hamlin because now he's worn some jacket you don't like, and by the way, for crying out loud, really a jacket, then I guess you don't really understand prayer. And that's okay. Not everybody has to. Not everybody prays. But maybe you should leave prayer to the people who understand it. I don't think there's anybody who prayed for DeMar Hamlin who regrets that. I don't think there's anybody who was afraid and and hit their knees in their living room on that Monday night last month and just hoped he'd be okay. I don't think there's anybody that's that's wanting to pull that back now. I don't think anybody saved their receipts. I don't know anybody that prays to God and goes, hey, God, I, I need to take back that prayer from the other day. It's not like returning a pair of pants because <laughs> you've decided you don't look good in them. That's not how prayer works. I, I, I love DeMar Hamlin. I hope that DeMar Hamlin has a long life. I'm glad that God interceded through the, the trainers, through the hospital staff in Cincinnati, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted and happy to see him. I'm not a Buffalo Bills fan per se, but I'm really delighted and happy to see him up and about and doing well. You know, if it wasn't for God, I don't think he'd be walking around wearing any jacket. That's what I think. So the idea that we would, I don't know, that prayer would somehow be a thing you retract. I mean, really? <laughs> Who's getting these ideas? 210-599-5555. Well, you know, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. It may be a thing to you. It may not be. But I learned a new term the other day I had never heard of before. Have you ever heard of the term boyfriend heir? Boyfriend heir? Um, some women on TikTok are claiming to have contracted boyfriend heir from the men in their lives. Hashtag boyfriend hair epidemic refers to men whose hair, skin, and overall hygiene are so toxic that it ruins the hair, skin, and overall hygiene of their women. Uh, A woman in New York saying, I spent a lot of time this past summer at my boyfriend's apartment, and um, I felt so dirty because of the boyfriend air." In other words, if your boyfriend stinks or his place stinks, it it gets on you. Um, and they talk about having to take long showers and so forth after being with their boyfriends. It sounds like they just need new boyfriends. I don't think we needed a new term. I mean, what are you doing with a guy that can't... If a grown man can't take a shower and put on some deodorant stuff... Um, you need to get a you need to get a um, you need to get a grown up boyfriend. I would say, 
I, I think they're still available. It is interesting how often women complain about male virtues that a lot of women have had a lot to do with stamping out. Like, women complain about the modern man, but women have shaped the modern man. This whole talk about toxic masculinity and boys don't need fathers and fathers are more, you know, more trouble than they're worth and we should just have boys raised by women. That, that, I hate to, I hate to break this to you, but that is part of why we are getting more and more men who don't seem to have the basic tools. I'm not saying that a woman can't teach her son how to take a shower because I know women who've done it. I'm just saying that the more you take male role models out of the lives of boys, the more apt you are to have boys who become men who don't know how to clean themselves or have a clean-smelling you know, sofa or bed or whatever it is. I mean, it's just basic stuff, you know? But this is part of that whole thing where we pretend we don't know what is what works. I, t- I talked about this a while back. We have a war on what works. We are systematically destroying things that we all know work. We are systematically pretending we don't know how to raise boys to be young men. And then we wonder why it's not happening. Boyfriend heir? <laughs> really? I don't think that's a new thing. I think that's a new term. It's called being a slob. There'll be a lot more slobs if you don't teach hygiene. Just saying. Are we seeing alien or Chinese government craft get shot down in our skies? Um, Well, you know, I wanted to throw it out there. 89% believe this is Chinese government uh, aircraft, craft, uh, and 11% say it's the alien. See, I know the 11%. You're the people who watch that guy with the crazy hair on History Channel, right? <laughs> I'm not saying it's aliens, but... Um, new JR poll tomorrow. Uh, we get started live at 4, but you can find the poll anytime at ktsa.com, and you can find this show anytime as a podcast. Whole episodes available as podcasts at ktsa.com on demand or anywhere you like to get podcasts. Look for the Jack Riccardi Show. Uh, so... We were talking about uh, boyfriend air, and there was a uh, story. We'll get into this more tomorrow, but there was a story I saw of a restaurant in New Jersey. And it's an Italian restaurant, and and this happens from time to time. We've seen stories like this before. This Italian restaurant in New Jersey has announced that uh, they will not allow children anymore, uh, citing noise levels, messes, um liability of children running around the restaurant. We've decided to take control, and children under 10 are not allowed in Nettie's House of Spaghetti any longer. And you know what a ban on kids really is? It's a ban on bad parenting. You know? You wouldn't mind having children in your restaurant if they just behaved. I I guarantee that's that's the real fact. But because you can't make those judgment calls on the floor of your restaurant, you got to say, well, we're just not going to have any kids at all. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. I wanted to leave you tonight because it's so beautiful and it was so timely with singer Chris Stapleton's version of the national anthem that preceded the Super Bowl. Take a listen to this on the way out of our show tonight and have a good night. 
to honor America with the performance of the national anthem, eight-time Grammy Award winner, Chris Stapleton. And you see by the dawn's early light, oh, so Oh, the land. 